0: Welcome to EHS On Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor in chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week I talked to Micah O'Shaughnessy, regulatory project manager at KPA, about the safety issues involved with electric vehicles. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Micah O'Shaughnessy, regulatory project manager at KPA. How's it going, Micah?
1: It's going well today, Jay. How are you?
0: I'm good. Uh, welcome to the program, and I was wondering if we could start off by having you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do at
1: KPA. Um, well, I am, as you said, I am the regulatory project manager for KPA, and uh, what that means is I handle any kind of uh, special safety or environmental projects that come across the table. Uh, KPA is a company composed mostly of field consultants who are out in the field helping our clients um, deal with real-life, tangible safety and environmental issues. Uh, however, they do come across things like permitting or regulatory reporting or accident investigations or uh, Dealing with insurance companies, and I tend to handle those projects for my consultants mm-hmm. because I can do that from a remote capacity, and sometimes it also takes a degree of detail or expertise that the consultant may not have currently.
0: Cool. Um, so today we're going to talk about electric vehicle safety. Um, and first off, one to kind of have you tell us a little bit about sort of uh how is the the business use of electric
1: vehicles growing um so the business use of electric vehicles is expanding right now as a market uh, within the country we're looking at evs you know the news and the dealerships are all pushing electric vehicles Mm -hmm. Uh, but as a business really that's kind of changed the dealership model forever The dealerships, you know, have had to deal with the hazards of internal combustion engines and all of the hazards associated with that. Um, With the transition to EV, we have, you know, management. We have a business structure. We have a labor structure that is set in its ways. They have this vertical of internal combustion engine, gasoline or diesel. And now we're transitioning to electric vehicles. Um, it's certainly changing the hazards that our labor force and technicians, or you know, collision center techs, or even parts employees, are uh, are exposed to. And the understanding that they've had their entire career up to this point is now has to shift in a different direction. So. Uh, while electric vehicles are growing they're evolving every single day every time i talk to uh, you know a new manufacturer it's hey our batteries are changing our cabling is changing Um, so it's evolving and really you know as a business we need to make sure that um, all users of an electric vehicle whether it's the driver or the maintenance technician or the man selling the vehicle to you understand inherently how has this vehicle changed then you know historically we've had to deal with
0: um, so what are the major safety issues involved with evs
1: uh, well everybody's seen on the news right now you know it every time it happens it seems like there's a headline mm-hmm. and it's a big scary boogeyman of electric vehicles which is thermal runaway mm-hmm. so Thermal runaway is the chemical reaction that occurs within a battery where the heat generated by the battery itself can no longer be sufficiently displaced by the cooling system of the car. So it heats up to such a degree that it causes other parts of the battery to break down, which cause those other parts to heat. So it's a uh, a, a chain reaction of exothermal creating heat within a uh, an ev battery um ultimately that's re- results in the situations that you see on the news of um cars on the side of the highway burned all the way down to their frame right or, right right yeah yeah and it's fantastical it's You know you look at it and say oh my gosh that could be the new car that i just bought
0: and those cars aren't cheap
1: they are not um (laughs) and replacing them after the fact is not cheap and the risk of you know if thermal runaway does occur the problems that we've been seeing where you know evs could potentially you know lock their own doors and as a, uh, a driver or passenger you can't get out um or the safety systems that are supposed to be in place all of a sudden aren't in place because that battery has failed so catastrophically that you're essentially driving a brick with wheels that's on fire. Um, so that's the big boogeyman with electric vehicles. But statistically, that is not the danger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, There have certainly been recalls for certain models of vehicles where um, you know, the OEMs look at it and they say, hey, this is a this is a risk. It's a greater risk with this battery type than it should be. So let's go ahead and replace it or repair it or a situation like that. You know, let's put out a recall. But statistically, electric vehicles are so much safer than internal combustion engines, as far as a fire goes. Okay. Um, You know, so as a potential purchaser of an EV or a technician working on an EV, it's really important to first dispel that fear of, you know, this car is going to light on fire Mm -hmm. and there's nothing I can do about it. Because while it is the boogeyman, it's not the hazard we are seeing. Um, One of the other major issues that we're seeing with electric vehicles is, you know, we're dealing with a lot more voltage than we have in the past. Uh, We've dealt with 12-volt batteries um, throughout the life of internal combustion engines. Um, But now we're getting up close to a 1,000 volts. Um, And the general understanding of electricity and how it works and how dangerous it is, um, it's not out there. We all know gasoline lights on fire, mm-hmm. um, you know. But when we start talking about voltage, what is the, the danger point? When does it get hazardous? Um, and really, we need to understand how electricity works, which is a, a whole other conversation. James. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's so complicated that. At about 50 volts, we say 50 volts has enough uh, hazard associated with it due to the engineering of an electric vehicle and the batteries themselves that it could potentially result in, you know, shock or even electrocution. And electrocution generally implies either serious damage or death. Right. So, you know, that's a that's a major issue. Um much more so so we now have you know maintenance employees having to wear certain protective personal protective equipment to protect them from the voltage of the components on which they are working Uh, um you know certainly new hazards instead of the you know the age-old gasoline lights on fire type issues right right yeah um
0: is uh is a, the self driving uh vehicle an issue now in terms of you know more companies starting to use them or is it still kind of in its infancy because it's so new?
1: Um, it is in its infancy and it's changing constantly. And there's really you know kind of the bare bones regulation with electric vehicles, uh, self driving as well. Um, it's certainly situations where again we hear on the news all the time of you know there was a an accident and the driver was in the vehicle sleeping and right the system was mm-hmm. so you know the futuristic dream of self-piloting vehicles you know isn't here yet uh, so that's you know certainly a hazard that you're dealing with even if you don't drive an ev right uh, if the car gets to you is on autopilot, and the driver's not paying attention, uh, looking at their cell phone, or having a meeting, or something like that. Then that can potentially, you know, be a hazard um, to you. Certainly, be a hazard to others on the roadway. Um, at this point in time, I believe you know every manufacturer who has auto driving in some way, whether it's uh, assisted safety features or. The vehicle functions itself, you just have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. They all say that the operator of the vehicle must remain aware at all times. And you know, all of the issues and problems that could arise from that are the responsibility of the operator.
0: And I guess that's sort of, an, you know, like we said, that's, you know, not a, a common occurrence right now. So we'll have to kind of watch that as it. It becomes more common, right?
1: Yes, um, we are going to see our infrastructure across the country uh, evolve to, you know, essentially make self-driving vehicles easier. Um, but it's certainly a problem um, right now, where our roads just aren't designed for self-driving vehicles. Um, <laughs> our roads are hardly designed for, you know, <laughs> regular human-operated <cow>. vehicles. <laughs> so, yeah. Um mm-hmm.
0: so how does uh, KPA's got a new uh, EV compliance solution how does that uh, address these issues um that you've just been discussing
1: So uh I and again this is one of the special projects that uh, I work on as the regulatory project within KPA is we built a compliance solution designed for dealerships and collision centers where you know forever they've had this knowledge of Uh, internal combustion engines and the inherent hazards. And now it's shifting towards the electric side of the hazards, which could be anything from, like I said, thermal runaway, battery malfunctioning resulting in shock or electrocution. And even the weight of these batteries is extreme. So our compliance solution is designed to act as a bridge between where dealerships and collision centers are right now in their knowledge base, and help ease that to the manufacturer's technical guidance. Um, I don't know the last time you've read a technician's um, instructions for how to work on an electric vehicle. Uh, <laughs> they're not just floating around out there, yeah. you know, generally you have to pay for them. but. Uh, Um, They can get rather technical. So we wanted to create a compliance solution that is all in one place and can help be that knowledge bridge between yesterday and tomorrow.
0: So So what does it uh, entail or include? uh,
1: So it is um, an energy control program for electric vehicle compliance. Uh, and we've started seeing regulators even ask for these programs as well. Um, and it includes everything from detailed training, uh, because if you're the technician working on a vehicle, you're going through the manufacturer certifications. Mm-hmm. And you're taking a ton of training. But if you're the technician that works next to the electric vehicle bay, you're not required to do anything. Right. So a certified technician is what we would call in the safety world an authorized employee. And then the technicians in the area are considered affected employees where they're not directly working on the EV, but they can potentially still be exposed to those hazards. So we start off with defining those employee types, the responsibilities of those employees, as well as the responsibilities of managers. Who are going to be putting in place an electric vehicle safety program and then we detail the training that has to be taken by all of those individuals kpa does have a training that you know is intended for management and those affected employees we're not stepping into the manufacturer realm of certifying employees for ev work Mm -hmm. but we want to make sure everybody else is safe too uh, um, have you rolled
0: this out yet? I know you've kind of just announced it. Has it been kind of introduced uh, in actual well, businesses yet, or is it still that still happening?
1: It is in our software called Verisuite. Um, so, if you're using our product or have a consultant nowadays, you can take that training today. Uh, it's not cer- It's not currently something that we say, hey every technician must take this. Uh, we're still buttoning up some odds and ends on it. Uh, we do know that the industry is you know, constantly evolving. So we wanna make sure that we're really happy with that end product before we flip that switch and say, hey, here are the audiences that have to take it. Um, but it is out there live today for you know, KPA clients to take. Um, And, you know, we're collecting feedback on it. So we want to make sure that, um, you know, our our audience is really narrowed down to how we want it to be. We want to make sure that it's effective and that um, those technicians who are taking it are learning new things from it. So we're constantly going to be, you know, tweaking it and adding to it.
0: And from a regulatory compliance standpoint, what are the, I guess, main compliance requirements that are tied to EVs right now?
1: Well, um, no one's really grabbed this bull by the horns and owned it yet. Hmm. Um, EV compliance currently exists underneath of manufacturer guidelines is probably the major driving force with this. Um, You know, they're trying to make these vehicles as safe as possible to work on and to operate. And they're also working towards um, standardizing them using the uh, SAE, the Society of Automotive Engineers. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But because the technology keeps changing so drastically, it's really hard for anyone to sit down and say, um, here's how EVs are going to work. Because as soon as you do that, it changes two days later. Um, So what we're left with is kind of a hodgepodge of regulators. Um, We have NFPA 70E, which is the electrical safety guidelines for the National Fire Prevention Agency. And then we also have OSHA, who regulates um, electric safety in the workplace. Neither of those regulatory documentation um, is geared towards electric vehicles. Electric vehicles, you know, they really just fall underneath of the umbrella of electrical hazards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we read things in those regulations and say, okay, well, this regulation doesn't apply to EVs. So therefore, we don't really have any guidance. Um, that being said. Um, You know, OSHA is kind of looking at electric vehicles and saying this is a hazard that your employees are exposed to, and therefore they're using things like the general duty clause to force dealerships to, you know, protect their employees, Um, sometimes even outside the scope of what the manufacturer has already defined. Uh, We're also seeing... Electric vehicles fall underneath of the lockout tagout regulations, hmm. which is a little messy because how are you going to put a padlock on a car? Right. Right. Uh, some of the manufacturers, um, Volvo jumps to the top of my mind right now. They they do actually put a slot on their car where after you pull that service plug, you can slap a padlock in there and it keeps anyone else from you know, turning on that vehicle accidentally. Hmm. Um, You know, but they're few and far between. That's not something that I've seen as standardized yet. So it is still the responsibility of the uh, employer to make sure that the energy is controlled. So KPA's electric vehicle um, safety program is really more of an energy control document. You know, we're setting out guidelines for dealerships, collision centers, and the employees of those organizations to follow, to guarantee that, you know, or, you know, instead of guarantee to, to hedge our bets, to make sure that they're as safe as we possibly can make them, and then they can still do their job.
0: Um, so, so how do you see, and obviously I know you don't have a crystal ball, but how do you see sort of the use of the business use of EVs evolving over the next decade or so?
1: Uh, it's very difficult. Um, you know, we have all of these different markets that have to come together to make our electric vehicle future possible. You have to have the battery manufacturers, uh, get all their ducks in a row and, really begin manufacturing batteries on a much larger scale than they already are. So we need to have battery recyclers so that you know, the precious metals that we know are limited on this earth can be reused in new batteries. So those are kind of outside of you know the general scope of um, KPA Safety Consulting but then you have manufacturers pushing dealers to adopt EVs um i believe it's ford who's recently come out and said you know almost every dealership is going to have to put 1.2 million into electric vehicles to keep their franchises right i was i was at a cadillac dealership yesterday where you know they've done $350,000 of renovations and they don't even know the degree of adoption that they're going to experience. This was something dictated from on high. Um, so we also have the government, the federal government and the state governments, saying, "Hey, here's what we have to do. You know, we have goals for the future to control pollution. So here's what you know our economy is going to have to do." And some of those numbers right now, you know, they're not looking realistic. Um, you know, I'm located in mid-Atlantic, and we have some states here who, who are looking at the California regulation. 3% adoption right now for electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. And the regulations are requiring 20% adoption in three years. Oh, jeez. You know, the, the economy just can't do that Yeah, that quick. Um, it's too sluggish. Uh, so what I think is going to happen is, you know, the regulations are going to get pushed or we're going to end up with, you know, hodgepodge Band-Aids, unfortunately. You know, uh, we've already seen it with internal combustion engines where um, we set these ridiculously high Environmental goals that we wanted to get to, and some of the manufacturers cheated on it. So, how is that going to affect EVs in the future? Um, it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, we are, we like to think we're pretty evolved with electric vehicles at the moment. And I have the feeling that we're really in its infancy. Mm. And over the next five, 10 years, we're really going to find out, you know, where's this going to go? Um, and we're going to look back at this interview today and say, you know, man, we're probably, you know, we're probably going to say we're in a really different place than where we thought we were in 2022.
0: Yeah. So. Well, and you also have all these businesses that have fleets of, you know, combustion engine vehicles that are not going to be cheap to, you know, convert over to EVs and they're not going to, they may not want to, they might be getting pressure from the government to do it, but, um, you know, they're going to be stuck with these, with these fleets. So that's going to take a long time to, uh, to switch over. I would think.
1: With regards to fleets, um, Hmm. we have these push towards the electric vehicles from the internal combustion engines. We're saying, you know, this is better for the environment, um, but it may not be. Every time a electric vehicle is created, it has an environmental impact. So we really don't understand the scope of those environmental impacts due to the evolving markets. I mentioned, you know, recycling earlier, Um, you know, how much of these ev batteries are we going to be able to save and reuse right and are we going to run out of a resource is technology going to catch up and all of a sudden we realize you know that's not a problem but if we're going to take a fleet and we're going to convert it from internal combustion engine to electric vehicle then you're looking at a large scale of waste as well Mm -hmm. what happens to those old vehicles right you know, are they reusable, you know, are they branded, and they just, you know, they just want to trash them because they don't want people driving around with, you know, a specific corporation-branded vehicle. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So there are so many levels of complication with the future of electric vehicles um, that really all we can think about is today. Yeah, yeah. Because tomorrow, you know, it's a fantasy. Um, Not in that it's not going to happen, um, but in the ideas of tomorrow are going to completely change what we're going to experience today with electric vehicles. So both from a consumer perspective and a safety perspective as an operator or a, a maintenance facility of some kind. So.
0: Yeah. Lots to, uh, lots to play out, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Certainly. Micah, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today. This has been great. Uh, I've learned a lot and I've found out that there's a lot more I need to learn. So.
1: <laughs> yes. ah, uh, you know, I, I feel the same. There is always, a another article that I'm reading and saying, where did that come from? You know, <laughs> I've made it my job to read about electric vehicles and, and I'm surprised every day by, by the evolution of the field so yeah well thanks again thank you very much for your time today All right
0: that wraps up episode 140 of ehs on tap you can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com you can subscribe to the show on soundcloud amazon music google play itunes podbean or wherever you get your podcasts thanks for listening and i hope you join me next time